Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number Smart Beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 40% on the Sleep Number Limited Edition Smart Bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com awards. Only at Sleep Number stores or sleepnumber.com. She has been like a Welcome back to Rule the Roost podcast. Um, I, I would probably say calling this an emergency podcast is dramatic, but judging by Tottenham Twitter's response to the signing of Joe Hart, there's an awful lot of pearl clutching going on. Um, so it does seem to be, you know, I, I think the billing of it being an emergency pod probably is is suitable. Um, but, you know, just to allay any fears potentially, or maybe even stoke stoke the flames uh we've got the uh the ever wonderful david mooney on the podcast how are you doing mate i'm not too bad thanks all good yeah good thanks mate thanks uh thanks for coming back on quite quite last minute but uh felt like we needed a a bit of balance in uh in the conversation here at the moment because like i say it is all it is all quite doom and gloom but before we dive into that i just wanted to sort of just see how how you're getting on how's lockdown treated you yeah it's been fine really um we we bought a house just before it all started um which in theory should have been perfect timing for us to get a lot of things done uh but apparently not we haven't done anything on it so (laughs) (laughs) um yeah it it is what it is um it's been it's it's been okay Uh, i'm not going to pretend that it's been all hunky-dory because it's been it's been a stressful time but it's the same stress for everybody so uh you know the listeners and you and everyone knows what, what what it's like um i'm i'm lucky in that i've not had it as bad as uh, as a lot of people have you know i don't know anyone that's had the virus um i suspect i have had it but if i have had it then it wasn't a strong case of it it was quite i had quite mild symptoms um there are people that have, have had it far worse than i have so i can't i honestly can't complain it's quite mad isn't it that we're kind of in the midst of this thing that we don't really know much about other than that it exists and yeah it's quite bad yeah. Um, so yeah, there we there we go. I guess on that one. But um, also, I guess it would be pertinent to ask at the moment: is it well, or it might be too soon? Champions League quarterfinal. <laughs> how 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 are you kind of feeling as as a City fan? Um, it's it's weird because the only thing that was missing from that quarterfinal was for City to have missed a penalty, uh, and then yeah. it would have just been a, a complete microcosm of the season. I actually think the game at uh, the new White Hart Lane is probably the microcosm of City's season um, <laughs> because, like they, uh, like I, I still, I still were months on from that game, and I have no idea how City didn't win it. You know, it's just like, there was absolutely no way that Spurs should have had a, a hope in hell's chance of getting anything out of that game the way it unfolded, and yet. 
it just yeah i mean ultimately spurs were worthy winners and it just like it boggles the mind to think that the my my favorite stat that sums city up this season and um i'm sorry to be the xg guy but it's uh it's city against spurs in both in both games in the xg um in that in the game at the etihad spurs' xg was (laughs) 0.07 and you scored twice and like cities was something like five point one or something daft like that, and that that just sums up why City have have been as they are this season. You know they can stick eight past Watford, but then on a day where they really really need to score one goal to get a point against Southampton, they can play all day and never score, and that's why they finished so far behind Liverpool. That's why they got knocked out of uh, all the cups, but the League Cup. It's just it, it's been. It's been a frustrating old season watching them batter some teams and then forget what a football is in other games. Well, I'll tell you what, mate, because the only stat that matters is how many times the ball went in the back of the net. You know what yeah. I mean? Right? <laughs> <laughs> but uh, so, all right, Joe, Joe Hart. I mean, yeah. I, I, you know, uh, uh, there is this kind of part because it seems to me that there's even a lot of what I would call rational football fans at the moment who are, I, I, you know, I, I think just to caveat that firstly, I think football is a totally irrational pursuit anyway and that's kind of why we love it but (laughs) within the context of that anyway um it seems to me that a lot of people are really quite put out by the recruitment of joe hart the there's this idea that he's spent or that he's had a couple of seasons where he's just looked downright awful with west ham and with burnley um but just before we kind of, I guess, go into the here and now, I'd be interested to hear from you kind of the good things because what is being championed, especially by the club um, and by certain journalists, is that they can understand why Mourinho would go for a player like Hart because he is a proven winner, should we say, two Premier Leagues under his belt with you and I believe a few League Cups as well. Um I mean, what? Just kind of, you know. I guess what I want to know is, like, well, what do you think he can bring to us first and foremost? Well, I think I think we do have to caveat this conversation with that he hasn't had a good few years. Um, I I really hope this move works out for him because I think it's a brilliant move for him, and if it works, I think it's a brilliant move for Spurs as well. Um, there's there's this this idea uh, around Joe Hart that, and, and it's certainly been, there's, there's been a lot of a kind of, it's gained a lot of momentum in the last few years. Um, the idea that he was never actually very good. Um, and I can tell you straight off, that's bollocks. He, he was he was fantastic for City for for a long, long time. And I I mean, I, I also have to carry, carry out this and, and say that I'm a fully paid up member of the goalkeepers union because I play in goal myself. So I've, I've, I've grown up watching city goalkeepers and kind of copying bits of the style and that sort of stuff. When I play, obviously not quite to the same level that they do, but you know, um, and City have been lucky. City have had some great goalkeepers down the years, back from when I was growing up. Uh, they were, uh, my first real kind of goalkeeper icon at City was Nicky Weaver in, in the late 90s. Um, they went on through. They had David James. You know, They had David Seaman for a bit. He was a bit of a spent force by then. They've had uh, Peter Schmeichel, who was fantastic for a season. Um, you know, Andreas Isaacson was was a good goalkeeper. Didn't really show it at City because 
Joe Hart came in and uh, uh, and just took his place uh, when when Sven was the manager. Sven came in and um, he had the Swedish number one international goalkeeper in Isaksson. Uh, he had a very young Kasper Schmeichel and a, and a fairly young Joe Hart. And he gave them all about 10 or 12 games at the start of the season just to prove or, or to find out who was going to be his number one. And Joe Hart, hands down, was was the best goalkeeper there. He was progressing really well. He kept, uh, Mark Hughes came in and, and basically didn't fancy him. Um, signed Shea Given. And uh, I think I'd heard Joe Hart speaking recently on uh, Ned Manua's podcast saying about Mark Hughes doing everything he could to sign a goalkeeper. Um, so he obviously didn't fancy him and sent him off on loan to Birmingham, which was probably the best thing that he could have done because when Hart came back off that loan from Birmingham, um, Given was the city number one. Man- uh, Hughes had been sacked and Mancini had come in in his place and he had that decision to make on the opening day of the season at White Hart Lane of, of who he was going to pick. And he picked Joe Hart, and it was a phenomenal display. Uh, in the, it was a nil-nil draw on the opening day of uh, the 10-11 season. And if if Hart can produce any sort of form that is even halfway to what he was producing for City in that in that first kind of block where he was at, where 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 he was he was excelling week after week after week, kind of like 2010 to 2012 ish, um, then you know he'll he won't just be number two for you; he'll be pushing Lloris for number one. He's 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 a fantastic goalkeeper when things are working out for him. The problem is it hasn't been working out for him for about four years now. How how old was he when he broke through? Um, he was oh, he was about nine, I think it's about eighteen nineteen when he got his debut. That was on that was when Stuart Pearce was city manager. Um, he played one game in in two thousand six seven, um, and then he kind of established himself as as number one midway through two thousand seven eight. So the year the, the year later, so he, he was he must have been twenty twenty one when he when he when he established himself as city number one. Then when he came back off off that loan, we're talking you know twenty two ish. Can't be can't be much older than twenty two twenty three. So I mean, because I, one thing I have seen floated is that he. Potentially, it's you know again, it's a stick which I've seen kind of Christian Eriksen or Wayne Rooney beaten with is that perhaps they had their career a bit earlier because it, it seems to be that he broke through quite early as a goalkeeper and by the same logic, it seems to be that he's kind of perhaps on the downward turn before a goalkeeper characteristically would do because he's actually younger than Lloris as well, which a lot of people are kind of neglecting to mention there's this idea that he's some kind of old hat we brought in but he's still seemingly a a young goalkeeper yeah relatively he's he's been around it's because he's been around the top of the game for so long um like you think when when he became city number one under mancini and we're talking 2010 it's like it's a decade ago and so naturally you think anybody that's been around for a decade is is on the wane and when you think that, that, that the age he is, I think he's a year older than me, um, which which makes him thirty three, and like he could he could you could get another five six seven years out of a goalkeeper at the top level at, at, at that age, and I I honestly think Hart, I, I think he just he needs a break. I just think he he needs something to go his way. He needs another one of those games where nothing gets past him and like the Barcelona game. Yeah, he just he, he just needs something like that. And I, I feel I do feel really sorry for him because it was I'll talk you through his downfall at City, which which I think has contributed a lot to his recent form. Um, 
they obviously Guardiola was announced in uh, about February time, 2016. Uh, Manuel Pellegrini had a press conference. He said he was stepping down at the end of the season. Uh, a couple of hours later, uh, the club announced that they'd agreed a deal with Guardiola. Everything kind of looked rosy from there. And Hart, it coincided with Joe Hart having already having a little bit of a downturn in form. He'd let in a couple of soft goals in the January, February time. Um, and he was, it looked like he was having one of those patches where he might need to be dropped again to have a few games out and then, and then come back in. It had happened at the, at the start of Pellegrini's tenure at City in 2013. Mm. And he came back into the team then. And, um, I think, uh, Costel Pantelimon had, had about 10 games in. Hart came back in and was, was brilliant till the end of the season and helped City win the league in the end of that season. He didn't get dropped that year. And it just kind of, it, it, it almost like, festered until the end of the season. He's, he's kind of in different form. And then Guardiola comes in, obviously wants his goalkeepers to start playing with his feet, and the two just have a completely different idea of what, how they're going to play the game. And there's a friendly that City played in Gothenburg where uh, basically Guardiola's instructions were, you will play the ball short to the defenders. And every time Hart got the ball, he belted it long down the field, and Guardiola wasn't happy with that. And it just... Hart talks of it being one man's opinion of his ability. And like at this stage, Guardiola was not questioning his ability to keep the ball out of the net. He was questioning his his fit for the team and for his ability to to, to play in the way that, that Guardiola wants his City team to play because it all builds up to this one big whole thing rather than just keeping the ball out of the net in a bit of a kind of mid-2000s, you know, what you expect of a goalkeeper idea. Um They'd been linked with uh, Ter Stegen in the end. Uh, they signed Claudio Bravo, which, I mean, ultimately didn't work out because he, he just he, he might have been all right with his feet, but he couldn't keep the ball out of the net, which is a completely ironic, complete flip on what Hart was doing. Um, but they, it, it, it left Hart in, the, in this, this really kind of... He, he left him in limbo because uh, it was obvious that he needed a new club towards the end of that transfer window. Um, I think at that stage, uh, Arsenal had just I, had they just signed Petr Cech at that stage, so it was it was a uh, they'd got their goalkeeper sorted. Um, Liverpool weren't on the lookout for a goalkeeper at that stage. You know, there wasn't every every one of the top teams had a goalkeeper in place, and it left him having a loan move to Torino on the cards, and that was about it. And I think he said in an interview straight afterwards, uh, you know, I, I didn't have that many options, so you know, I'm, I, I wasn't blessed with that with that choices, but. You know, I'm going to make the best of what I could, and and he didn't have a great season at uh, at Torino. He then didn't have a great season at West Ham, and then you know Burnley took a chance on him last year, and it, it everything was in place for it for him to do well at Burnley. But he ends up you know finishing the season what second, third choice goalkeeper, and like he just need he needs a break he needs something to fall in his favor and hopefully that i mean I, I really hope it works out for him at spurs and as a city fan that like i'm not supposed to like spurs so i it's a really odd thing to say we're all right though i think ultimately <laughs> spurs city you know it's kind of you know you're spurs with money as i often say to uh <laughs> i to Alex. yeah <laughs> you know it's i think we kind of know what it the uh, yeah, what our role is, but um, uh, I, I did want to touch on something you spoke about there with with Pep, because um, I mean, do you get do you do you have any reservations about the way in which that was handled? Because it seems to be that Hart has 
touched on the mental struggle, really, the mental anguish that it caused him, this very public fall from grace that he had. And as much as perhaps, you know, there were stylistic nuances, shall we say, which might even downplay it a bit, but there were still stylistic differences in how they saw the game. Was there an element here of a clash of personalities as well, do you feel, that led to perhaps uh, a a sped-up exit for Hart? I suspect so. Um and I mean we know I mean we know from his career so far Guardiola is is a stubborn man. Um you know he, he sticks to his he sticks to his principles come what may. Um and I I do wonder if you know given the chance Hart would go back and uh, and change things about his exit and, and actually give it a go, the, the the sort of playing out from the back. He's not, I mean, he wasn't terrible playing with his feet. He could pass a ball short and he could, you know, he could take the pressure of, a, of an opposition uh, player charging him down and uh, and, and play it on. Um, he wouldn't have been comfortable doing what Edison does though, for instance. So he, he wouldn't be, you know, passing it backwards and forwards under pressure, you know, in these kind of tight triangles that include a goalkeeper. He'd want to, he'd want to get rid of it as soon as he could uh, when it was safe to do that. Um, I think when it comes to, to him and Guardiola, I think he was set in his ways. Guardiola wasn't going to be able to change how he played. And so Guardiola didn't see any value in that for, for, for the team. And it was, I suppose, when you're at that stage, the England number one goalkeeper, and you know, you've know you won at this stage, what was it, two titles with City and uh, a couple of League Cups and an FA Cup. You, you're thinking, well, you know, I've, I've been successful doing what I've doing. I don't need to change why, why, why I play because this guy's saying it. Um, and yeah, I think it... Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number smart beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. JD Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 40% on the Sleep Number limited edition smart bed for a limited time. For JD Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com awards. Only at Sleep Number stores or sleepnumber.com. Hey, Dave. Yeah, Randy. Since we founded Bombas, we've always said our socks, underwear, and T-shirts are super soft. Any new ideas? Maybe sublimely soft. Or disgustingly cozy. Wait, what? I got it. Bombas. Absurdly comfortable essentials for yourself. And for those facing homelessness. Because one purchased equals one donated. Wow, did we just write an ad? Yes. Bombas, big comfort for everyone. Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. I, I think it did affect him. I mean, you, you, I, I couldn't recommend more listening to, to Nedim Anua's podcast with him um, because he talks about the mental anguish that it caused him and uh, and you can kind of hear a, a tinge of regret in his voice. And I do so. I do suspect he he would actually go back and, and change things and and uh, and at least try the uh, the footwork that Guardiola was asking. And you know, he, I, I'm not saying it would have worked out for him, but he he might have even if it, even if not at City, he might have not have had the fall from grace that he did have in the end. Because it it does seem interesting to me that as much as yeah, Pep's obviously been vindicated now by everything he's achieved with City. Um, and also just the fact you now have Edison, who is, 
you know, one of the best goalkeepers that is. The, you know, the thing I'd say about Edison, weirdly, is, is last season for Edison, I, I don't think Joe Hart had a season for City where he was as bad as Edison was last season. Edison Edison made quite a lot of mistakes last season. Um, and But because he's still playing in the way that Guardiola wants him to play, the bigger picture is there. It, that, it would have been unforgivable for Hart to have a season like Edison's just had because... It, it, you know, it, it, Hart's job was solely keep the ball out of the net, and Edison wasn't doing that at times. I mean, we saw it in the in the game, certainly in the game against Spurs at the Etihad. Um, he, he could have done better with the first goal. He probably could have come for the cross on the second goal. Um, they're the sorts of things that Hart would get absolutely slaughtered for, and Edison it's kind of gone under the radar. Well, this is it. This is you know because Bravo went on to be a, really an unmitigated disaster for you. Yeah, and I I can't remember. Hart really ever going through a patch like that at City. It just seemed to be that him and Guardiola simply did not see things in the same way. Yeah, the the only time Hart really fell out of form at City was uh, the back was was kind of like the year twenty thirteen. Um, City were defending champions going into the the twelve thirteen season. Um, they were doing all right. Hart was he, he was doing okay, and then after Christmas, it just kind of fell apart. It, it started with I think a game at St Mary's. Um, he made two errors in the first half. It, it, at this stage, you know, it, was, it was you'd expect you know one error in a season that would lead to a goal from Hart. He, he'd been playing that well, and he made two errors in a half that that gifted Southampton uh, a couple of goals. And then Gareth Barry just just slotted it into the bottom corner of his own goal for, for no... He had so much time on the edge of the box that he, you know, he, he just decided to slot it in the bottom corner. Um, and it was after that game, that news broke, that Mancini was looking at Begovic as uh, a potential replacement for the following season. City's form absolutely fell to pieces in the in the second half of that season, and they finished up trailing United by about 18, 19 points going into the kind of final six or seven games. Uh, United won the league really early. City then lost the FA Cup final, and Mancini was sacked. And I, if Mancini hadn't have been sacked, I think Hart's number, or certainly Hart's position, would not have been as secure as it was at City. Pellegrini came in, and you know, there were still issues with Joe Hart's form at this stage. He was still still struggling to keep the ball out of the net from some pretty soft chances at times. Um, and then the kind of the, the straw that broke the camel's back was he made a a, a complete hash of uh, a forward ball at Stamford Bridge. Uh, Matai Nastasic running back. All Hart has to do is stay in his area and Nastasic can head it back to him. City can get a point from Stamford Bridge. Instead, he comes rushing out for the ball. Obviously, doesn't shout to Nastasic that that's what he's going to do. Uh, Nastasic heads it, and then Fernando Torres pops it in the empty net. Um, and he, he was dropped at that point. And it was it was only after that that you know spell out of the team. It was it was easy decision for Pellegrini to drop him because I think City had, had about four or five games against teams that were that were struggling against relegation at that stage. After that, um, but straight after that, when when Hart came back in, he was good again, and he was he, he was you know he didn't he, he stopped making those errors. And just that time out of the limelight did him some good. And I'm, in a weird way, I'm kind of hoping that that he can get that at Spurs. If he if he's going into the club as a number two, he's not going in with the pressure of of someone who's got to perform like he did at Burnley and like he did at West Ham. It's interesting because it it does seem to be something of a recurrent theme, though. Him maybe not seeing eye to eye with the with the man in charge. Um, we we hear these stories of him being a leader, being very outspoken. Do you think, you know, sometimes that 
can point to a lack of maturity on his part. Have you heard anything that might suggest anything to that effect? No, I actually think the opposite. I think he's I think he's always been a bit of an old head on on young shoulders. If anything, um, the, I remember when City went out of the Champions League. Oh, not when they went out of the Champions League. When they uh, were beaten by Real Madrid in uh, the group stage in 2012. Uh, City had gone into that group as as defending champions. Um, they were two one up in the Bernabeu with about three or four minutes left and managed to lose the game. And basically Hart came out afterwards and just said, look, this isn't on. And he gave a really full and frank interview where he said, look, these are the mistakes we made and this is what we have to do to address it. And it was refreshing to hear somebody come out and say something like that because normally, you know, you get the platitudes of, oh, we're very disappointed. We're going to work hard in training and we'll put it right next time. And Hart was, he was he was absolutely heartbroken about about the way that the game had finished. And you could see that it that it meant something to him, and you could you could really get you could really understand like he was going to go back into that dressing room and he was going to bollock his teammates for not for for what they'd done in there. Mm. He was he was a, it, it 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 was it was kind of like take, it, it wasn't just taking responsibility, but it was taking responsibility for the actions that then needed to come. And I think that that's one of his big strengths. You know, I think he I I don't think he's just this. I, you know, Roy Keane labelled him arrogant a few years ago. I don't think he's arrogant at all. I think he's. I think he's. I mean, that's a bit rich for a start. Yeah, I mean, but... of all people, yeah. Um, if there's one person that knows about being arrogant, though, I suppose yeah. it is Roy Keane. Yeah. Um, but I, I don't think it's that at all. I think. I think he's. I, I think he's always been mature, and I think he's always been a, a vocal member of uh, of any dressing room that he's been in because he's he's kind of a natural leader. Um, and I think he, I think he can be that at Spurs as well. Even if he's, especially if, uh, with the knowledge of not being the number one when he gets there, I suppose that that that, like I said, does potentially ease the pressure and 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 can can kind of help him help the squad more than anything else. It's funny. It might just be that you know he's he's a he's a victim of just I guess how he looks in some ways. It, it seems quite strange to say that, but he. You know, you, you can just see he's got that whole sort of complete package of being a bit of a jock. Yeah, he, stand, he stands tall, doesn't he? That's the thing. Yeah, and so I guess that does tend to maybe kind of riling people. And I have wondered if like a bit of the, the reaction to his signing is just people thinking like, no, nah, he's just this kind of arrogant tosser. He's going to fall out with everybody. But similarly, I, I'm always surprised that people are seemingly surprised that a lot of sportsmen are a bit arrogant. You <laughs> yeah, know? I mean, like, it, 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 you don't like you don't win the medals that Joe Hart's won by being a bad goalkeeper, by being a bad footballer. He's he's a he's a great player. He's he's just had a bad few years. I mean, it's it's almost like people have forgotten that, like even the kids who were good at PE in school were tossers. You know, yeah. it's, it, <laughs> these guys are like elite professional athletes. You know, it's uh, well, yeah, it is what it is. But I mean, so I, I guess without focusing on the negatives anymore. What is it that if he can reclaim something of what he was at City during his kind of golden era, shall we say, what can we expect from him? What are his positives? I have never seen saves like he made at City in his heyday. Um, honestly, I, like, I, I don't know what the demographic of the podcast is, but if you've got younger listeners that, that didn't see that nil-nil draw with City in uh, in 2010... On the opening day, if you can go back and watch that game, I don't know if it's online anywhere. Uh, watch that game because because City City won that game nil nil. Spurs battered us that day, and the only reason they didn't get through was because Joe Hart was was. 
I, it, it was incredible. Um, there was uh, the the save that stands out for me. I think it was uh, Asuakotu had a shot from uh, miles out of the uh, a goal, and it flicks off the back of Sean Wright Phillips. It's looping up into the top top corner, and Hart changes direction, gets across goal, and gets it over the bar. And it's on his left hand side, which you know. He, there's this there's this thing about Joe Hart doesn't save shots to his left. It's cert- his left is certainly a weakness, but that's not to say that he, that, that that everything on his left goes in. This you know this this, this was incredible. There, there were games that, that you mentioned the Barcelona game before where where he pretty much single handedly kept Messi out for for ninety minutes. Um, Messi said it was the most extraordinary goalkeeping display he'd ever seen. I actually think he played better in the game that City drew one all with Borussia Dortmund at the Etihad in, in 2012. The the reactions, I've never seen anything like it. That they've been, you know, shots that where you think, oh well, any other goalkeeper, that's fine in the top corner. And he's got a fingertip on it and it's gone over the bar or it's gone round the post. His agility when when he's on form, he's fantastic. And I just wonder, part of me wonders if if part of the reason why he's fallen apart in the last few years have been just that he's been trying too hard to get it back. You know you, you know yourself, when whenever you're trying really hard to, to, to do something again, it suddenly becomes a lot harder to do and, and, and you don't relax, you tense up and it, 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 for whatever reason, you can't hit the notes that you want to hit. And I, I just wonder if if part of it is him looking back on on him in his own heyday and just thinking they're the sorts of things that I need to be doing. Where actually, if he relaxed a bit and uh, and just got on with it, he might be doing that again. I don't know. There is a there is this quiet hope with me that there's a bit of a perfect storm brewing at Spurs at the moment, where now <laughs> there seem to be just a few different threads that all seem to be coming together. That you know, Mourinho's been written off. We've kind of been written off. Kane's been written off. We've got Joe Hart coming in. That there's there's a lot less pressure on Spurs and a few of the players within that across the board. And I do just wonder if that's something again that we're going to be able to tap into with somebody like Hart because I, I I don't foresee him replacing Larice or. Well, like I was that, I, I was going to ask but... about about Larice because I mean from an outsider's point of view, I I always feel like Larice is. Maybe not this season when I've watched him play against City, but in previous seasons, I've always felt he'd been good for a mistake or two at times. If you, you put him under pressure and and you can get the ball through him, or you or he can he can gift you a a pass by trying to chip it over your forward, and yeah, you know, just that always feels like there's a mistake there, not necessarily going to happen, but ready to happen. Um, I, I don't know if I, I don't know if that's something that 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 could be ironed out just by having somebody like Joe Hart behind him. I don't know. It, it, I mean, it, it definitely has been something that we've seen, you know, more more prevalent in his game in the past couple of years. But funnily enough, uh, post lockdown, really post quarantine and football coming back, Lloris has probably played some of the best football he has in a Spurs yeah. shirt. Really, like he's been close to impeccable since coming back, and you know, m- maybe that competition will only be good for him because really he hasn't had much in the way of an understudy for most of his Tottenham career, really. I mean, at the moment, he's got Gazaniga and he had Vorm. And Gazaniga's okay, but, you know, he's not. He's he's never going to replace Lloris. As we've seen every single time that Lloris is fit and ready to play, he plays. Yeah. Um, so, if, you know, Hart can get some of that back, perhaps perhaps that's part of the reason as well. And, I, you know, one of, one of the other things that has been probably rightly championed is that He's another leader. Mourinho said we, you know, we need leaders, or 
intelligent cunts as he uh <laughs> in that excerpt i don't know if you've seen that i haven't the, no uh, amazon documentary yeah there's a there's a little leak clip of him saying that that's what we need more of we need to tottenham need to act more like cunts but intelligent cunts um <laughs> yeah well shows a soft touch there but um but and it's been said that Harry Kane in particular has been very happy with the signing of Joe Hart because of the time they've spent together at you know on the England camps or something down the years and I believe even Nick Pope called out that people are talking about Joe Hart having an absolute disaster at Burnley but everybody loved having him around the place I know yeah. that's a bit of a cliche but I think these things do matter and it it seems I don't know, there's a certain level of snobbery that tends to write this stuff off as being like, oh, it's just the talk of proper football men. But I, I'm, I'm not so sure that's the case. No, I, 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 I know what you're saying because City... I always felt from a City point of view, when Hart left, the team lost something about... And I, I hate to use the phrase, gets it. But like Joe Hart understood City fans, and the the connection between the City fans and Joe Hart was was there because of a kind of a mutual understanding of what each other had to bring to this relationship. And uh, there, there was a, there's a lot of players that that sometimes just just don't get that at, at whatever club they're at. And I, I suppose City have been fortunate, really, in in the last few years that they've had a lot of players that have under that, that have been able to form a bond with the crowd. I mean, don't get me wrong; it helps when they're really good and they win titles. Don't like let's not course, let, yeah. let's not put any yeah. anything about that. But but Hart was was at City for for a long time, and he was he was one of the few players that could remember the really really bad incarnation of City because that's what it was when he joined. Um, and he, he also he was one of the few reasons to, to kind of keep going back to the Etihad when Manuel Pellegrini was really really offering uninspiring ideas. That that I mean that that, that final season of Pellegrini's you could there were so many times where you'd see the team sheet and go we're going to get mauled today because <laughs> he'd simply I just know gone. That feeling well, yeah, mate. <laughs> I mean the, the classic was uh, it, it was the year Leicester won the title, and like anybody that had watched anything of Leicester that season knew you had to keep tabs on Jamie Vardy, and you had to make sure that Riyad Mahrez didn't get space in the midfield. So what he did was he played four four two and decided to play a really high line with Dimitri <laughs> like Dimitrelis and. Um, uh, possibly Otamendi as, as centre backs, uh, two of the slow guys, and just think like just thinking what what they're going to do is give Mares a load of space in the middle and let Vardy run in behind, and lo and behold, that's what happened, and they they got battered three one in the end, and it was it was on days like that you were going the, the, one of the few reasons to go to the Etihad and, and to enjoy it was because you get to watch you know somebody like Joe Hart perform well and uh, and and. Uh, uh, and actually understand what it like, understand the passion that the fans were feeling, and 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 want to play better because the fans want them to play better. Uh, when some of the team just just weren't really up to it, or the manager's ideas were were not really working out as they should do. Um, so I, I completely get that. You know, great great guy to have around the place uh, because he is, and that that's that's ultimately what it is. I think. If he, if he can be that and he can he can find some of his form with a little bit less pressure, I think it's a fantastic move. And I, and I I don't know a City fan that 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 doesn't want it to work out for him wherever he ends up. And and you know that the the only place he could have possibly gone where they didn't want it to work out for him would have been United, I guess. Hey, hey, hey.
Normally, being a little extra can be a bit much, but when it comes to healthcare, it pays to be extra. And United Healthcare makes it easy with Health Protector Guard fixed indemnity insurance plans. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they supplement your primary plan, helping you manage out-of-pocket costs without the usual requirements and restrictions like deductibles and enrollment periods. So when it comes to covering your medical bills, you can feel good about being a little extra. Visit uh1.com to find the Health Protector Guard plan for you.